It's the MPG Real Estate Podcast. What's up, guys? It's the MPG Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melzer. And I am Matt Perkins. So today, so me and Matt, we're business partners. Um, I'm going to have him on as the first guest. Uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time. I'm sure he'll be on here quite a bit. But <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, your background, like how, how, let's go back before the real estate, before all of this, before you, you know, where were you born, where'd you grow up, and then what got you to where we first met? <laughs> born. All right. So, I was born in Maine, um, in the middle of nowhere in Maine, um, and um, grew up in Vermont, primarily. Uh, for about 14 years, um, spent a lot of time on four wheelers and running through the woods. And I kind of then developed a passion for forestry as you might living in the woods in, in the middle of nowhere in Vermont. And, um, soon realized that after getting a, after spending, you know, $80,000 on a, on a degree that I wasn't going to use it and that I didn't see myself having the financial freedom that I wanted, um, as a, as a, as a forester. So I switched over to real estate mindset and spent a few years thinking about how I could get involved in real estate, uh, dreaming about it, thinking about it until eventually one day, um, I think I went to a two hour, uh, fortune builders, uh, like seminar where they tried to sell me on a course that I didn't end up taking. I think I actually I did I did do a weekend course with them, um, which not dogging on fortune builders just wasn't ready to drop. I think it was thirty something thousand dollars on a on a real estate course. I, I thought I could kind of figure it out on my own. So um, at the same time I was working a job doing renovation type work. Um, that's where I met Josh and quickly kind of hit it off and realized that we both shared a passion for real estate and thought it was a a good route to go. So we. Um, somehow jumped in on it. I don't, I don't know the exact details of it, but we, we decided to form a partnership. Um, and we started from there, just learning as much as we could, taking as much information as we could, studying what others were doing, trying to create our own way. Um, we invested, I guess, I think we invested $1,000 combined to start out with, um, which we've turn into a lot more money so it, it was a good thousand dollar investment um and a lot of time um yeah so what brought you from vermont to georgia like where what, what's the time lapse there oh um so i actually went to school in the university of maine and my, my parents uh lived in vermont uh and they moved down to um uh, georgia where my they they bought into a hotel on Tybee Island, Hotel Tybee. And a um, couple vacations with my current wife at the time, she was my girlfriend, and, and she decided that uh, we weren't moving back to Vermont, which was my what my ultimate plan was, um, and that we were moving down here. And I was all for it. A couple uh, visits to the beach in November and swimming in the ocean in November. Uh, we were the only ones, but <laughs> being from Maine, it was the weather was warm as far as I could tell, and uh, yeah, we just decided to move down here. 
Um, I hadn't even really thought about real estate yet. I was still kind of in a forestry mind, planning on doing that. Um, and it wasn't until... Is there forestry jobs here? No, there's tons of forestry jobs in Georgia, yeah. So, like, what could you do for forestry, like, in this part of the state? I could be, like, I could work for any of the mills, be, like, a procurement forester. But you didn't do that. I decided not to do that. That's just a day-to-day job with a salary, and I'd be always working for somebody else. So then where's the jump between the dream for forestry and then, like, the maintenance? The jump from forestry to maintenance. Um, so I think I decided long, like almost immediately after I got down here that I just didn't, I didn't really like the people in, in forestry. I didn't like the, like the vibe or kind of the vibe, the feeling, the people, the, I mean, forestry is great. There's tons of happy foresters. There's not many rich foresters. Um, (laughs) so it's a good career. I think it would have been a fun job, but I, I like I'm an entrepreneur at heart and decided that, you know, if I wanted to kind of do my own thing, I needed to choose a different path. So, um, that's how, I guess at that point I started thinking and then, um, a lot of, I think I probably read Rich Dad Poor Dad at some point in there. Um, some other books, I went to the, the, the fortune builder seminar, which kind of convinced me. And with all that combined, I decided that, uh, real estate was kind of where I was heading. So you, okay. So you go to maintenance, and then the fortune builders, and then real estate. Yeah, the whole the whole maintenance, the whole maintenance years were with real estate mindset the whole time. Even from like from so day when one. you first started. Yeah, okay. I never got into maintenance with that as a like an end goal. Yeah, I never got into renovations and maintenance and all that stuff as an end goal. That was just a means until I, you know, got started doing what I really wanted to do. So we get started uh, February 2019, and then, um, and then so like, what's the move into wholesaling? The move in, the move into wholesaling. I, originally, we wanted to. Sorry, before I. So let me back up. Actually, before I ask that, so like, so you move. So we start the whole real estate. So then, what was the initial goal? And the, like, was the initial goal wholesaling? Now the initial goal was flipping. Okay, yeah, that's what. So, yeah, so, like, and then what was the move from that into wholesaling? What what caused that? Okay, so, um, we started, um, I mean, pretty basic what caused that. I mean, we'll get to that, but, like, we started trying to be uh, flippers, essentially. We wanted to get into fixing flips and uh, quickly realized that you need... Uh, some kind of history of flipping to get money or you need your own money Um, and at the time didn't have a whole lot of it so we started looking at other options Uh, had heard about wholesaling didn't know a lot about it kind of researched it it seemed a little a little skeptical of it if it was real if it was something you could really do Um, and then we uh, just started pursuing it we tried it and uh, the first one was real nerve-wracking and Eventually, it worked out, and you you get a little more confidence, and and then you do the next one, and the next one, the next one, and um, it's definitely the best way to get into real estate without. I don't want to say no money, but you can pretty much do it with almost no money. I mean, we started with a thousand dollars, so if you can muster up a thousand dollars, probably get yourself some 
basic marketing or, or even just start making, I mean, if you have a phone, you can start calling. You can call realtors, you can call homeowners, you can you can drive around and knock on people's doors. You can you could literally do it for for essentially free, maybe some gas in your car. So yeah. How did you find that first deal? Actually the first deal was um, the first deal was a referral from it was actually my wife's friend. Uh, her name was Leanne. She decided that she wanted to retire and move down to uh, Florida. And she had a house with. Um, she had gone through. She had gone through a divorce, um, and her husband had left tons and tons and tons of stuff in the sheds and in the house, and he just kind of left his whole life behind. Um, and that was something she didn't really want to deal with. Um, so she reached out to us to try the option of, of, you know, selling her house without the use of a realtor, without the need for, she didn't want to have people touring her home. Um, she just wanted to just be done with and just move on with her life. And, um, you know, the house needed work. It was a nice, it was still a, a relatively nice house, but it, you know, it needed renovating and, um, and she knew that and she knew that, you know, it wouldn't be a, she wouldn't get full market value for it. And there was the mo the most important thing to her was that it was an as is sale and she could just leave as much as she wanted behind and just kind of go. Um, Which is common in wholesaling, right? I mean, that's oftentimes you find people that are, that they just want to be done. I mean, has that been your experience? Yeah, a lot. I mean, like most wholesalers we find, you know, we get them at a, a discount because there's a motivation there that's whether it's they want to sell as is or they need to sell really fast or they just, uh, their house is, can be just destroyed and they, they just don't want to deal with it. And, you know, when you, when you do a traditional sale and you get, you get banks involved in things, you've, you've got inspectors and appraisers and tours and realtors, and they're recommending contractors to get the, you know, the max value for it. And, um, some people just don't want to deal with that. So we do the first deal, you do the first deal. How much do you make on that first deal? The first deal we profited, um, $14,500, I think. Um, which is pretty good. Uh, it felt good to go from a thousand to fourteen thousand. Um, with yeah, I should, I should. I want to interject. Like, um, <laughs> we left a bunch of meat on the table. Yeah, we could have made more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, <laughs> our contract was probably iffy. Yeah, at uh, best. At best, yeah. it was. Um, there was a lot of things that it, it helped that it was referral and it was a, it was kind of a family friend and. And she was happy with her situation, and we were happy with ours. Um, and that helped because it, it, it was pretty rough getting started. But we made it work. And you, once you get through the first one, you learn, and you, and you try another one. And um, I don't even know what lawyer we probably used. Uh, we, didn't use we didn't have any realtor relationships at the time. We didn't have anything. We met our first realtor relationship through that deal. Um, and where did that close? I have no idea where that closed. Sad as I, I don't know. The, the buyer actually dictated. He he pretty much handled all the paperwork after our original contract. Yeah, we had, and, and the buyer knew that our contract probably wouldn't have even held up. So like, but I mean, yeah, thing. It was family friends, so yeah. like, I mean, you, I mean, it it all worked out. So, um, so then you get done with that the deal. What do you got? What do we? What do we, I can't remember exactly, but maybe you remember. What do we do right away? That with that fourteen, how do we invest that fourteen to get to that next one? Um, right away, we started with, I mean, like all the, 
big time wholesalers would tell you we 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 did direct mail. Um, we tried a lot of like um, individual specific home searches where we would drive around, see a home, try to try to um, call them. You know, the, the numbers. I think we was like been verified and the numbers never match up. The emails were never right. We tried to find them on Facebook. It it, it really wasn't working. <clears throat> and I think we ended up. Um, Sending out yell letters, and we, uh, I think we use Deal Machine, um, which I'm sure we'll get into in a later podcast about all these different services we use. But um, we used a, an app called Deal Machine, and then actually our our second deal was a, a commercial office building that we actually found on LoopNet. So uh, with all that marketing, we spent we ended up finding <laughs> it for free on LoopNet. So uh, yeah. So and what was that second deal? What was the LoopNet deal? You want to talk about that one a little bit? So the LoopNet deal was a, um, actually Josh found it, um, and I reached out to Wynn. Um, it was a, like an eight unit office building right in a kind of a commercial area next to a, a dealership here in town. Um, it was a good deal. It was like 150000 and needed work. Um, and uh, we, we were big dreamers at the time, so we were, we were still like not really sold on wholesaling and we, we were trying to get some equity in it and, and find partners and things like that where we could like do like a triple net lease on the on the place and we were, we were tossing up the idea of like uh, doing like micro offices um, where we would rent them out individually and and then we were like well let's just do a triple net lease and we tried to get people involved and you know we were newbies so nobody wanted to really get involved and or we didn't really know how to find people that, that were interested in it. Um, and it went down to the last day. We took it down to the last day. To 24 hours. Yeah. We had Noah, Noah sign. We'd, we'd like $1,500, like literally 10% of the money our company had. That was our closest, that was our closest, uh, <laughs> that was our closest deal. Like we, we took it down literally till we found a buyer the night before and it closed the next day. That is where network is extremely important because it was like somebody that we had a prior relationship with. Yeah, so we, we had to just like call them and be like. Hey, uh, you want to make some money? <laughs> yeah. And luckily he did, and he bought it, and he did he did okay on that deal. Yeah, yeah he, he did well. He, yeah, I mean, well I think he, deal. he probably made a good he made a pretty good chunk on it. So yeah, I don't know how much he made, but profits, profit. I'm sure he was happy. So, um, so, and, and then you want to talk about how our marketing before that deal paid off on the next deal? So like what? Happened yeah. So those that? you know those letter we we so we bought a list probably I'm guessing off list source. And it was, I'm guessing, absentee owners, like everybody would start with. Um, and we targeted that with direct mail. Um, I think we did like yellow letter postcards. They were pretty cheap at the time, like 40 cents. I think they're still 40 cents, but we don't really use the postcards as much. Uh, here we do. Yeah, okay. We do have some. But um, so we did like yellow letter postcards and we... Spent most of our money, I think, on like direct mail, um, and that kind of pays off. Like, you know, we we chose like probably three thousand houses, and we just started targeting those with direct mail multiple times. It, it was at least two, maybe three times, maybe more. I can't remember exactly, but um, and it takes a while. Like, it's not like you're going to send out one batch of mail and you're going to get a call the very next day, but you you send it again and again and again, and eventually, when the people are ready to sell. They'll give you a call and just kind of feel you out and see what you're offering. Um, so I'm sure 
off of our original batch of y'all letters, or at least our original list, one of those letters hit home um, and got us the next deal. Uh, it took probably th- three months total. I mean, we were in the beginning, we were doing a deal every few months, just enough to keep us going for, for more marketing for the next one. But yeah, the letters, the letters were working. Um, and I should interject here. It's kind of funny because we we get phone calls from people who were you know that turned out to be deals on the road. They said, "Hey, I've gotten a bunch of your letters." Yeah, we sent one. Yeah, we sent one. So like that goes to show, like even if somebody in your market is is really blasting out those letters, you can actually ride on their momentum to get a deal because these people that all the yellow letters look really similar, right? And I'm sure they're, I'm sure other people have. have Benefited from our yellow letters, right? Yeah, so I'm sure. Yeah. They 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 see our yellow letter, they think about selling, they're like, nah, maybe not, and then they get another one from somebody else a month later. And they're like, you know what? These guys hit me up twice. Let me call, and then it turns out it's not us. But um, so it's a give and take. But yeah, our phone number would never make it into that pile if we never sent out one letter. So better to get some out there and, and have you benefit from theirs, and other other wholesalers benefit from you than to not do it at all. So um, let's talk about. Uh, what's been your easiest deal? What's been the easiest deal? In your opinion. Oh man, the easiest deal. I don't know what the easiest deal would be, honestly. You have an idea what the easiest deal would be? Um, I don't think any of these deals have been particularly easy deals, but the 40th Street deal is pretty. No, 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 it wasn't. Um, <laughs> what's been the easiest deal? Um, 109 uh, oh well in terms of selling we've had some deals that were were pretty easy to sell Um, we had one deal that would have been real easy if it wasn't for a title issue Uh, we've had a couple that we've sold within like five minutes our easiest deal is probably our most recent deal we we sold it before we were put under contract so Um, yeah well what Except for to drive all the way to North Carolina to get it well, signed. Well, Josh did a little bit of driving to make that work. <laughs> Sometimes you're going to get people that don't want to sign online or, or for whatever reason, so you might have to make a trip. But and going or, or mail or whatever you got to do. But yeah, what's been the hardest deal? I think the office was the hardest deal. You think the office? Uh, I mean, just depend, hardest in terms of what. Like we've had some that are really tough sells on the you know tough to get them under contract, and then they're easy to sell on the backside. And then we've had some that are really easy to get in our contract, but they're they're tough to sell on the backside. Building a good buyers list is really important because the more buyers you have, I mean, some buyers, even though they might buy a lot of deals, they might be booked up right now. You know, they might have as many as they can take. And you give if you have five buyers and they're all saturated with deals, and that's all you're relying on, they're not waiting for you to get a deal. They're they're finding as many as they can. So uh, you can't rely on just five five buyers. You need to build yourself a pretty good list. Um, not that you can't like have a really good relationship with five buyers and call them first, but you definitely need to build a good buyers list um, over time and, and just have like as many as you can that are buying in the area. Yeah. Um, I think our hardest deal was this foreclosure that we did on Thirty Second Street, Thirty Third Street. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was kind of a tough one. Just so like all aspects of that was tough. The Dude that owned it, his uh, niece. Okay, first off, it had been in the family for like four generations, and then the niece lived there. And she was supposed to be out like by Thanksgiving, and like it was a, our first time working with our, that buyer. And and so then Thanksgiving came around, and she stayed. And they just kept saying one more week, one more week, one more week. Well, we push it all the way back 
until well, we were after you know, Christmas. We had, we had gotten it. Uh, we had, we had pulled it out of foreclosure. It was it was going on the auction block for like two days. Yeah, like it was done. It, it was it was going on there. So we, we got a hold of the bank and we were able to pull it out. Shout out to Win for the help. Thanks for yeah. Win helped yeah. us with that one. Um, and we pulled it off the auction block, and um, so that bought us like a month. Well, then they pushed it beyond another month. We were able to extend it. I think an additional month with the bank. After that, there was no more um, extending it. I think it, it it came down to like pretty late. We ended what we ended up doing was uh, paying for their first month's rent in a new apartment. Uh, we paid for all their moving expenses. Uh, hired a guy the day of we hi- closing. We hired a moving a mover the day of closing to make it happen in the rain. Shout out to Ramon. Yeah, <laughs> and we got it. We got it done. But it was it was definitely like there's another one that was that one was down to the wire pretty. We had, I mean, we had a buyer lined up far before, so that wasn't an issue. But yeah, uh, getting like, I mean, we we took the risk. If that you know, sale didn't go through for whatever reason, we we would have been out you know, a decent a few three grand or something like that. Just in yeah, between the moving costs and everything just in else. us hooking them up and getting to move. So so that was that was a pretty tough deal, but it was worth it. Um, yeah. What, so, okay, um, let's talk about, you. Did, we've done one flip, uh, what was the story of buying that flip, because like, I kind of like the, that space and all that Yeah, stuff. so we, um, this is a story of like, I guess persistence is key, uh, follow up is key, and we had a woman who reached out to us, probably, I think from a yellow letter, um, and was interested in selling, and I, I, my original offer was something that she wasn't interested in. Um, and I couldn't, after that, I, you know, I tried to, I tried to negotiate a little bit. I think I came up like $5,000 on the offer and she, she turned it down and then essentially just went, uh, kind of ghosted us and when we couldn't get a hold of her, um, you know, multiple times through it, I, I thought like, you know, we didn't, this was early on again, so we didn't have a ton of, uh, leads. Um, so you know, I was trying to trying to make the sale happen, and I called her every three to four weeks for it must have been um, close to six seven months um, until we finally got her to give us a call back after about six months. Um, I probably followed up with her six to eight times in those six months, and she was ready to make it happen for a little bit higher price. So I think in, in total we only came up maybe another five grand on top of that, that offer, which, which was still a, a pretty good deal. Um, and it, we decided to flip it ourselves. So there was no, that definitely, um, kind of helped our profit on that. So, so what are the numbers? Like how much should we buy it for? So we actually bought that one for, a, is it 35,000? 40. 40. It was 40,000. We bought that one for 40,000. Um, and, and Josh and I actually being the construction renovation backgrounds that we've kind of had, we decided to do it ourselves. Uh, in which there was a lot of lessons learned in that as well. But um, so we decided to flip that one ourselves. We we put twenty thousand dollars, essentially uh, a little bit of labor, like we hired out painting and a fence guy. But the rest of it we pretty much did on our own. Um, which what all did we do to that house? We we tore up the floors in the kitchen. Um, we replaced plumbing. We, were, we 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 essentially gutted the kitchen and, and redid everything in there. Uh, we refinished all the hardwood floors ourselves. Um, we did drywall work. We did. Uh, we had to move the air conditioner up into the attic. 
landscaping, painted the outside ourselves, uh, supported a, a carport on the side. I mean, we did, it was a full, pretty extent. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a major, major rehab, but it was pretty extensive um, rehab. And we were doing this still with full-time jobs. So weekends, uh, weeknights for a few weeks, we were trying to get a turnaround quickly. Um, and we got it done and we, we ended up making, uh, it sold pretty quick. We sold it for like a hundred thousand dollars. So we all of a sudden profit 30 to $35,000, I think off that deal, which is pretty good. Um, and the, the biggest lessons we learned, I would say is you're not the whole, the wholesale side that we kind of fell off during that entire experience during the three, four weeks that we were flipping that house. We, we were too swamped while flipping that house to find more deals. Ultimately, we probably lost money. Uh, we could have made more money by facilitating, you know, taking less profit on that deal by paying some uh, contractors to go in there and do all the work. At the same time, we would have been finding more wholesale deals um, and probably getting into more flips and things like that. So we, yeah, that was a lesson learned. You're not... It, you get at some point you gotta you gotta break off and decide that you don't need to be the one swinging the hammer, um, and not dogging on those guys. Those guys, I mean, a lot of them make make a lot of good money. So, but if if you're gonna be in real estate and you want to manage deals and find more deals, that's what you, you should focus on, and and just pay the extra money to have somebody do the work while you can keep making more deals happen. It's 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 numbers. You should try and do as many as you can. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, who? So okay. At, so after the flip and everything, um, walk away with thirty thousand, and then so where 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 have we been for like the last like couple months since then? So that ended in May. Yeah. Right. So like we were still at like one deal at a time back then, um, and then up until fairly recently, we've you know we've we've started this. Now we're into all different. Kind of facets of marketing, like I was saying. So we're we're doing we're doing online marketing. We're doing yellow letters. We're doing calling. We're doing um, we have signs around town. We have signs on our car. We have deal machine. Uh, deal machine. Yep. Um, um, all kinds of different stuff. So I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of. But JV opportunities. Yeah, we have JV opportunities, and we're we're, we're working with other investors, um, which definitely helps. We work with some guys that are just getting started out, like we were. And it's just bringing more attention to us and more opportunities for us. And so uh, the past few months, we've done uh, like four deals a month, three three deals a month, three, four deals a month. We've been bumping into a lot of rentals lately. Uh, but we're able to find guys that want to buy rentals. So they're, as long as the deal is really good, you're probably going to be able to find somebody. So there's tons of buy and hold guys out there. You know, originally when you change your mindset from... You know, when we started this, we were like flip mindset. Everything had to be a flip. We were running everything as a 70% rule, um, not really paying attention to the market and the way things were moving in Savannah. And we've recently, you know, the more you learn about your local market, the better because once you understand like where things are heading and where uh, prices are, are going up and falling, that's when you know like, you know, we'll be able to find a buyer in this area, even not at quite 70% or, or with a renter in it. And, you know, as long as the numbers work, so. And just to add to that, like when you're looking at through the lens of well, does this make sense as a flip and you're not looking at any of the other avenues, exit strategies, right? It like really narrows your focus and it allows 
a lot of deals outside of to fall through the cracks. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you just pass by them. You don't think they're great deals. Yeah, but really, if you open up your field of view and, and learn about all the different exit strategies that you can have, whether that be uh, buy and hold, flip, subject to type stuff, you know, anything like that, mm. the more you learn, the better off rezoning. you Rezoning. Yeah, rezoning. Yeah, commercial I mean, if, you, if you understand, like, the zoning uh, of a particular property and, like, can it be changed and where is it located and can it be developed into something new can be converted into a duplex um, like you, things you, you just think about uh, try and think about as much as you can um, and learn as much as you can so that you can find kind of hidden opportunities in different houses even though this one might not work right now as a six week or, or, a, or a four month turnaround with a fit flip at 70% uh, rule and all that stuff you, you just got to like really look at the deal and, and see what you can figure out Okay, so, um, uh, talking, ask me again. yeah, yeah, so like, okay, so going forward, uh, we talked about, you know, where we are up to this point, so like, what's the future look like, what, what's your, what's our goals in like the next three to six months? So, our goals in the next three to six, well, you can't, first of all, you can't, uh, what's the saying, you can't score if you don't have a goal, right, so. Uh, you got to go ahead and find some goals. A ship without a point, without a <laughs> destination is useless. So uh, you should always have goals. And I, our goal, um, I think currently our goal is uh, we're looking to do five deals per month and, and consistently do five deals per month on average. Um, wholesale deals and then we're, we're just starting to really break into the flip game again. And like I said, we're not going to be doing uh, the work this time. So we can just... Uh, by the end of the year, an average of like one flip a month is kind of what we're shooting for. Um, and then just grow from there. But, but that's our that's our future goal in the next, I guess, three to five months. Um, our short-term goal. Okay. I'll ask you this next thing. Who are you following? Where are you getting your information? What do you, what, uh, let me ask it. What uh, book are you reading right now? What book would you recommend right now? What book would I recommend right now? Um... Man. Well, so there's, um, I guess they're both. Well, one's, one's a little more real estate. Uh, the same book everybody recommends, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you haven't read that, I would read that. It changed my mindset. I think it changed everybody's mindset. Um, so uh, what what uh, what's the latest book you've read, what, that you've read? Or what are you reading right now? So the latest book I would recommend uh, was actually recommended to me by my wife. Um, and that is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. That book, um, it's a little repetitive, but the premise is um, just do it. And just whatever you're thinking, just make it happen. It's not the it's not the, uh, <laughs> the pick the food up off the floor rule, um, <laughs> if, if that's what you're thinking. And you can eat it within five seconds, but it's actually like if you've if you've got something in your mind, whether it be I need to pay the mortgage, you five four three two one do it. If you've got to um, call a realtor and you're thinking about it for too long, within five seconds five four three two one and just do it. So that's uh, my latest recommendation, just to get yourself moving, get yourself working, get yourself productive. Um, what about? Who are you? Who are you listening to? Like, who, is there any, like big public figures? Anybody that you've been following? Yeah, I fo- you're listening to. I, I follow Max Maxwell probably the most. Um, I think Josh probably follows 
carry me the most. <laughs> Bigger pockets. Um, but yeah, Max Maxwell uh, is definitely, if you're wholesaling, like he's very wholesale oriented, like that's his whole thing. So if you're really looking for like really detailed uh, information, kind of rules to follow and procedures to follow, Max Maxwell is definitely a good place to start. It's, I mean, he's, he's pretty clear in what he's doing. He's pretty open about what he's doing. There's not a lot of hidden secrets. And it's uh, it's pretty good. It can definitely help you out, for sure. Um, what's next? Oh, okay. So, what... So, you know, there's like a lot of craziness going on with like COVID and everything. What do you think the future uh, for the Savannah real estate market is in the next like couple of years? Like, do you think where it's going to grow, shrink... Well, Savannah's a pretty unique market to work in, I think. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, there's a lot of investment going on. There's a lot of people moving here, wealthy people from out of state. Um, so I think it, it stands to be pretty good. It's, it's hard to tell, but I, I kind of stick to the mindset of just full steam ahead until, um, until otherwise. And then we'll just kind of assess and see where we're going from there. But I, I don't want to slow down with a fear of, of a market crash or a housing market crash or anything like that. Um, I just want to keep, you know, I think we just need to keep moving um, and just kind of make it happen. So everything's great right now as far as I can tell. We might be, we might be in a little bubble here in Savannah. I'm not sure. when when <laughs> Every time I seem to go out of state, it seems a little bit different, a little more shut down. But um, Savannah's still kind of, Rocking and rolling. There's actually probably um, probably a shortage of good deals at the moment, which is kind of surprising. But um, that's where we come in, and it's definitely as a wholesaler, that's where we specialize. So um, we're really needed right now, and I think uh, now's a great time to be a wholesaler in Savannah. <clears throat> yeah. You want to talk about like how does how has coronavirus like affected our business? Because you know, it did affect it a little bit there for you know for a month or two. Yeah. So we. Um, I don't know that coronavirus really affected our business as much as we affected our business through a coronavirus kind of mindset. We kind of, we, we got a little bit nervous in the beginning and started to slow down and, and stopped spending money. Um, um, yeah, for maybe a month or so. And then we had, you know, we had no deals for a month. Um, you know, the, the following month after we had nothing. So we had a couple deals closed and we were like, well, let's kind of wait and see what happens. But once we, just decided, you know what? Let's just run this thing. Um, everything's been great since, so don't uh, don't let fear slow you down for sure. Just get out there, and make it happen. That's that's my advice. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> I appreciate you having me in, in our office here. In our office. All right, guys. So that's it for the first for our, for our first episode. Um, we'll see you next week. See you guys.